Hello everyone and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about writing, how you can improve your writing skills and we will discover some interesting examples with writing non-fiction books because we have today an awesome offer. Karma Spence, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, how are you? I'm doing great, yeah. I'm so excited to learn more about that because uh, as I told you before the webinar that um, it's my passion, you know, to write. Uh, I also love filming uh, to create audio format as well. Uh, but writing, I think, is the foundation of any skills. You can't uh, uh, create high-quality content, even video content, without writing because you need to write descriptions, titles. Uh, if you uh, create web content, yeah, it's the part of the process. So, yeah, I'm so excited to learn more about that. And um, one more thing, you know, I, I love learning from uh, different niches. For example, uh, if we discover about non-fiction uh, books, we can analyze how we can use for our websites. So, before we start, just tell me about yourself experience and background sure well i am a award-winning and best-selling author i have two books that became bestseller in like three categories and one that won three awards i'm also an award-winning editor because i've been in the writing and editing field for probably going on 30 years now <laughs> <laughs> but honestly i started falling in love with writing at the age of four. Mm -hmm. And by the fourth grade, my teacher actually set me aside and said, Karma, you should pursue a career in writing. So I kind of have. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just, I love writing and I love books. I, in fact, I probably have, oh my goodness, I put them in boxes and label them with letters and I think I'm up to the letter N. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I have a lot of books. And I've published several books. So mm -hmm. I've been taking the experience I have in writing, publishing, and marketing books and am starting to really help others. I'm right now, I'm working with entrepreneurs and small business owners to take the information that's between their ears and get it into mm -hmm. readers' hands in the form of a book. And part of that process is this brand new software I've developed called Author Diagnostics, where I can take people through this detailed like series of questions that really gets people through what they're struggling and how to get on the other side. Right now, I have two diagnostics, one that analyzes a book idea and the other that analyzes that book idea in relation to a larger business. But I do plan to develop more on like author branding and author social media and whatever authors struggle with. So that's sort of me in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. Love it, love it. Uh, can you tell where to start to improve uh, writing skills? For example, uh, I, um, I can tell why uh, I'm asking about that because I have uh, big companies that order my services. And when they tell me, uh, we have no experience with writing, uh, we need to develop our products, innovate them, we have fierce competition. So uh, when I give them the task, please uh, create high quality text for our content. And they reply to me, we don't know how to do it. Can you <laughs> tell uh, how to start from scratch uh, when you have no experience with writing, but you need to write something for your products? Okay. Well, there, there's several different tacks you should do, and all of them culminate in you practice, 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 and practicing some more. Because really, when it, this is one of those skills that you just get better the more you do it. But some of the, the ways you start is there are a lot of good books that will help you, you 
that's a, a very low cost entry into it. And pick books written in the topic area that you want to write in. So if you're going mm -hmm. to be writing copywriting, get books on copywriting. Uh, I can't remember his first name, but his last name, I believe is Fry, has an excellent book on copywriting that I highly recommend. Uh, Dan, oh my gosh, I'm losing my memory. Dan <laughs> Kennedy. Dan Kennedy is also a good mm -hmm. one for copywriting. But if you're writing something else, then you want to read about that. The other thing is to find writing that you really admire and like. Mm -hmm. And this is going to sound strange, but literally copy it on a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. So like some of the things I did when I was first doing short story writing, I love Ray Bradbury. So I would take one of my favorite short stories of it. And I literally, you take, and it ha can't be typing. It has to be like a pen and paper and writing because there's, there's, a couple of things that go on when you do that. Number one, writing rather than typing helps you learn better. It like gets into your brain cells. And when you're copying the text of someone you admire, you start feeling their rhythm and that helps you learn their rhythm and then branch off onto your own because you do not want to be a mini them. You want to be a big you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So those are the two like low cost options that I would say are the best way to like really start improving your writing. If you want to go higher cost, then you start taking classes. There's online classes at your local, or you can take in-person classes at your local college. Classes are always very good because not only do you get the knowledge of the teacher, but you also get the knowledge of your fellow students. And then there's always writing groups. And some of those mm -hmm. cost money and some of them are free. But those are usually opportunities where you hand in a piece of writing, everybody reads it, and then gives you your feedback. And you want to take, you have to be careful with that because a lot of these groups, sometimes there'll be people with really big egos that want to just rip you to shreds because they can, and it's not constructive. So you take what the feedback you get with a grain of salt, unless that's like a, an editor. And then, of course, if you're actually producing a book, always no matter how good a writer you are, always, 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 always hire a professional editor to edit your work. And if you can, mm -hmm. hire two. One to do the edit before it goes into design and one to do the edit after it's come out of design. Because design always adds errors for some reason or helps you see errors that you didn't see when it was in your manuscript format. Yeah, love it, love it. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. I think a uh, professional editor uh, is important for uh, website content as well, for any writing, uh, except social media, because we have no time now to edit <laughs> no, uh, no. simple uh, sentences. Yeah, it's better to be yourself on that. But uh, I think uh, um, uh, I, I remember when uh, we got a few projects and uh, writing was good not bad, but uh, when a writer can create some text, they can uh, miss something uh, to lose uh, logical structure and people uh, can uh, bounce uh, such uh, text. But editors, when they read one more time, they can understand, oh, we need to change something. Can you tell more about editing? Uh, uh, because uh, I found that many uh, famous book authors have like five, ten editors who can edit uh, different types of uh, uh, content. 
Can you tell how to find uh, editors uh, and how to choose between them? Because someone can check out Grammarly, others can check out a logical structure, many other stuff. Can you tell more about that? Um, yeah, they, well, there, there are different levels of editor. One mm -hmm. is a proofreader. That's someone, all they do is check to make sure that you've spelled things correctly, you've got commas in the right places. That's all they look at. They're not looking at structure. They're not looking at flow. They're not looking at any of that. They're just making sure that what's on the page is grammatically correct. Then you have sub substantive editors, also called development editors. They're on the other end. They, they don't care about the spelling and the commas. They might comment on that, but that's not their focus. What their focus is, is the overall project flowing well? Do you have good transitions? And when you're just starting out with a, a book, at least, development at that, because they don't really, development editors don't do it for anything else. It's, it, they only work with books. And that is a really good editor to work with at the beginning of your project before you even send, do anything else, because they help you decide, okay, should this really be chapter one? Maybe it should be chapter 10. Maybe it should mm -hmm. chapter three. Maybe it doesn't belong in the book at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's what a development editor does. And then there are editors in between, like a copy editor is going is kind of a cross between a proofreader and a writer, because what they do is they're looking to make sure that your copy flows well. They'll look at transitions. They'll look at logical flow of sentence structure and paragraphs. And so they're like a step below the development level, I mean, not in importance, but like in what they're looking at. They're not looking at the big, big picture. They're looking at sort of the medium picture and they'll do a little bit of proofreading. So ultimately, if you really want a high quality book, you would hire one, one of each at least mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and probably two of the proofreaders because I've like one of my books, I hired an editor. She did a really good job. I, I double-checked her work, published the book, opened the book, found typos. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like ah. So that's why you want to hire an editor to edit the manuscript. And then a, uh -huh. if you can, a completely different human being to edit the manuscript once it's laid out. Because mm -hmm. you... As the writer, you're going to see what you want is the, to be there, whether it's there or not. And no matter how good a proofreader is, they're going to miss something. Mm -hmm. so it's always good to have multiple eyes on your manuscripts. I usually write, self-edit. Then I have my husband edit because he's also a writer. And mm -hmm. then I hire an editor and a proofreader. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. And sometimes there's still mistakes. But, you know, it's at least it's much, much cleaner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can you tell how to find a professional editor? Because, you know, we have a bunch of editors, a lot of them. I, I don't want to criticize uh, who is good or not, but can you tell from your experience how to uh, choose the best editor for your uh, writing? If you can, word of mouth. Talk, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Find someone who's yeah. actually hired an editor and find out who they edited. I mean, who mm -hmm. they got to edit, because that's really your best, your best bet, because Otherwise, you're going off of lists from, say, a reputable organization like Writer's Digest. They have lists of editors. Or if you're working with a mentor who has a, a 
corral of editors. That's another good option. But if you can get something where you've talked to a human being who worked with that editor, that's your best bet. Barring that, then you kind of have to Google. And then when you find them on the web, always ask for a sample or at least a phone number to talk to one of their previous clients. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Uh, once I read a book, uh, Jack London, uh, it's called uh, Martin Eden. For me, it's one of the best books that uh, I've read. And uh, uh, I found that guy without any experience, education, skills, uh, could overcome many famous uh, educated people. And uh, what he did, he uh, had uh, perseverance and practice a lot. Uh, you mentioned in the first part that you need to read books about uh, how to improve your copywriting. Can you tell more about practice? Because it's the same like uh, if I want to play tennis, if I read a hundred books how to play tennis without actually playing, I'm not sure that I can achieve any results with that. Because right. for me, practice is more important than any learning. Can you tell more how to practice every single day? You pick up the pen and a piece of paper and you do it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean honestly, it's, it's, that, it's that simple. And, yeah. But if you're like trying to write, reach a specific goal, then mm-hmm. write something about that. I mean, one way that I keep my writing skills honed is I blog weekly, mm-hmm. I journal, and I also have a, a day job where I'm a technical writer. So it's like mm-hmm. I've got, I'm doing different kinds of writing at different points of the day all the time. And it's mm-hmm. just, I immerse myself in writing, but that's because I'm a writer. <laughs> it's like, that's what, that's what I do. If that's not what you do all day, then uh-huh. set aside 15 minutes a day to write something, mm-hmm. anything. I mean, it, it could be, you could use that 15 minutes to start. If you have no ideas in your head, pick up good writing from a magazine or a book and write down, just copy what, use that skill Mm -hmm. that little Mm -hmm. technique you can use that your 15 minutes to do that or you can buy a book on writing prompts and then just pick a prompt Mm -hmm. in fact you don't Mm -hmm. even have to buy a book on writing prompts you can go into google type in writing prompts and believe me there are tons of writing prompts out there and -hmm. they just pick one and write Mm -hmm. i mean there's really no specific thing have a favorite pen have a favorite notebook and write just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let, let's talk about patience. Uh, once um, uh, I've heard the story on audio podcast. Uh, sorry, but I forget the name of the author. But uh, she's famous. Uh, she has uh, she sold a lot of copies, uh, best selling in many ratings. But uh, uh, she shared the story. Uh, once she got uh, the message, like uh, email uh, from other offer who uh, mentioned, uh, you know, uh, that uh, I'm not uh, famous like you. I can't sell my books. Uh, it hurts me. Uh, it's it's very hard to go ahead. And if I ask anybody uh, what I need to do, uh, they tell me uh, perseverance. Just mm-hmm. do your job, go ahead, be patient with that. Uh, but uh, he mentioned it's hard for him to go ahead. And she replied to him, okay, leave it. 
Forget about writing. It's not yours. You know, if you are not willing to wait for results, just leave it. Find something else. It's if you get this hurting, you know, uh, I don't know, like some trauma. So why you need to do it? Uh, and I see totally the same when people, uh, for example, create video content um, or any other content. They give up because. Uh, they uh, feel uh, they can't get results in the first attempt. Even uh, I remember one study that people uh, don't uh, record uh, the second podcast, the second podcast, mm. because they can't get results from the first one. I don't know, guys, how <laughs> to get results from first podcast. It takes time to improve it your skills. Yeah. It does. You have to have can, tenacity to do this kind of stuff. Yeah. Can you tell more about patience? <laughs> patience. Oh, goodness. Um, you have to have it. you have to understand that writing especially in in any form of writing but especially in books this is a long term thing you're not going to get immediate results it's just it just it doesn't work that way now you and the funny thing is it's like you you post your book you get it to bestseller let's say because that usually takes a, a couple of that can take a couple of hours to a couple of days to get to bestseller. Mm-hmm. So it feels instantaneous. But what doesn't show when you launch that book is how much time it took you to get to that book. And when I, and what I'm talking about there is there's the book, but then you go back, there's the writing of the book and the editing mm-hmm. of the book and the producing of the book. That could take six months, three months, depending on how big the book is. But then before you even sit down to write, you've got the idea. And how did you get the idea? You got the idea because you lived life. You had experiences. Only you could write that thing because you had those experiences. So it it is really always a long-term thing. And you just have to understand that if you want instant gratification, being a writer is not your bag. It just just Mm -hmm. isn't. Yeah. But if you're willing to take small wins and celebrate them, because you're going to get small wins along the way, you know, like I finished 500 words today. Yay. Celebrate it. That can help you. But I think probably the thing that helps with patience the most is having a clear why. Why are you doing this? Because if you don't have the passion for the project you're working on, you're just not going to be able to put your butt in the seat and do what you need to do over the long haul. Cause it's going to be a long mm-hmm. haul. Even though those yeah. write a book in a weekend things. Yeah. The writing mm-hmm. might take a, a weekend, but the prep doesn't. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, yeah. yeah, it's, it's all about having passion and having a very clear and strong and compelling why. Yeah. Uh, it's the same. For example, I, I love to share an example uh, about tennis. For example, if you like to play tennis, you're not waiting when someone will pay money for your hobby. You know, writing is <laughs> right. hobby. Yeah. Right. So if you uh, can do it, this job without waiting for some money, you know, for anything, for rewards, just do your job and everything will be uh become i don't know so yeah you can achieve everything if you believe that you can okay i have the question about uh simplicity can you tell how it's important to simplify text because you know i remember when uh sometimes i need to read uh transcripts but uh, i dislike it it's hard to understand it takes time to read it a few times but i uh, uh i have my loving offers 
if I read them, I understand correctly in the first attempt. I don't need to think twice what's going on because it's simple to understand. Can you tell how to simplify text? Um, well, if we're talking about writing in English, which is mm-hmm. all I really know how to write, I don't write mm-hmm. in other languages. Okay. <laughs> you want to have the strong, like Germanic rooted words as opposed to the Latin words. That helps simplify because the way English evolved, it was like the, the Germanic words were like sheep, whereas the the Latinate Norman words was was what was that mutton i can't remember what sheep became but it was like Mm -hmm. it was like taking so the germanic rooted words tend to be more action oriented more visceral more set in the real world second don't overuse adjectives now Mm -hmm. unless you're in fiction i mean i love ray bradbury because he he's very soft and floral and and you just you just immerse yourself in it but that's not what a nonfiction book is supposed to be, unless it's a memoir. Then you want mm-hmm. to, you want. But always start with your clear, direct sentences. I think it's like object, verb, subject. You can flower it up later, but start just with the simple get the facts out there and be specific. So don't just say, he picked up the phone. Say, mm-hmm he picked up the Samsung A15 <laughs> or <laughs> the iPhone or I mean, or it. she didn't just smell a flower. She smelled a rose mm-hmm. or a daisy or I mean, because you want to choose the more specific word because that creates the picture in the person's mind. And when they're picturing something, when they're reading, they're more engaged. Mm-hmm. So simplest there's simplicity as in it's really easy to read, but there's also simplicity in communication and getting your ideas out in the fewest words that are very specific. So they are word pictures without having you can say a word picture in like three words instead of ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that make uh- sense? Of course, it makes sense. And, you know, uh, let me share my rating, how I divide books. Uh, boring and excitement. Uh, it's my rating. And sometimes I read boring books because uh, I need to get the skills. Uh, but uh, excitement, you know, when uh, I take some exciting books, uh, for me, it's hard to uh, stop reading. You know, I just do it because uh, I uh, I don't know, like it's new reality for me. My mind is another place. Can you tell how to write uh, such books, you know, uh, or t- text to, uh, I don't know, to retain uh, readers longer, uh, to excitement, to give a strong reason to keep doing. And because uh, I remember from other data that 5% of uh, uh, ah, no, 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 no. Uh, only 5% of all books are uh, read uh, and the rest uh, people skip and yeah, just bounce them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if, if it's, it's so much exciting as engaging. And one way to make your book engaging is to put you in it. Mm-hmm. Because when the reader is reading the book, they should be able to say, I feel like you're talking to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of the highest compliments I get from my books is I, I've met people who read my book and they're like, you are just like 
how I imagined you in the book. Or when I was reading your book, I felt like you were talking directly to me. And the way you do that is, number one, you pick a topic that you are passionate about. So you can't help, but in, it's like you're marinating the book in who you are. And yeah. yes, that will make the book not right for some people. But it'll make it right for your tribe, the people who are meant to get that information from you. So don't nice. be afraid to like geek out and be you. In all capital letters. Yeah. Uh, can you tell your secrets how you can re retain audience like this? Uh, I understand uh, it's like friendly manner. And uh, I often see when people write, uh, we are a company that can provide such stuff. Why do you write like this? You know, it's better to personalize, to uh, have right. two people. Uh, I and you, you reader, I'm an offer. Can you tell about other uh, possible secrets, you know, or methods how to retain audience? Well, a lot that comes in the marketing. And mm -hmm. one thing that I do is it, it's something I call your geek factor. Mm -hmm. Because what you geek about is the key to your marketing, really. And what I mean by that, I mean, I don't mean you necessarily have to be into Star Trek, which I am, but <laughs> I'm that kind of geek, but I'm also a marketing geek and I'm also a bio geek. I mean, what, what you geek about is what you are so passionate about that mm -hmm. if someone asks you anything about it, they'll just go on and on. I have a, mm -hmm. a friend who like, don't even start talking about knitting or yarn around her, or you will be sitting there listening to her talk about fiber for the next hour. <laughs> that's what she yeah. geeks about in fact she's going on a vacation where she's gonna go see sheep mm -hmm. to learn about yeah. she got excited about learning how to die this is not my interest it's fun to listen to her because it's clear she's passionate about it that's what that's what you want to get out and sometimes that will make it into your book but it absolutely should be in your social media if you can do a geek your personal geek twist on whatever message you need to get out, do it. So for example, I will find quotes from geeky sources. Like I one time heard, I was watching a Doctor Who episode and Matt Smith, who played Doctor Who at the time, said something I thought, oh, that's brilliant. I mean, I know it was in context of the story, but like I could see how what he said applied to what I was trying to teach my audience. So I wrote a blog post based on that quote from Dr. Who. So what that <laughs> does is it forwards your marketing, but also shows your personality at the same time. So you need to, yeah. so I guess I, the bottom line is you need to get to a space where you love who you are. I am not for everyone, but I really like me. I think I'm pretty cool. <laughs> not, <laughs> yeah. like, not in a boastful way, but I mean, if I met me, I would want to be me, my friend. I don't know if that yeah. was really bad English, but I hope you know what I'm trying to say. It's like if I met an, another me, I would want to be mm -hmm. her friend. Yeah, exactly. And you need yeah. to get to that space where you actually like who you are, where mm -hmm. that's when you can own it and start using it in your marketing. When you start doing that, you start attracting your ideal readers. You start attracting opportunities. I mean, I don't know how you found me, but bam, there you were asking me to be here. <laughs> and that's probably because you saw me, you saw who yeah. I was and thought, I like her, I wanna to talk to her. Yeah. 
I want to learn more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's my main goal and my audience as well. Uh, yeah, I love it. Can you tell more about stories? Uh, how to craft your story? Because uh, I often see when uh, uh, you need to create your story, to share your story. In marketing, we often see it. For example, uh, Apple doesn't sell products, doesn't sell iPhones, no. MacBooks. They sell their stories. And remember when uh, Tim Cook on his presentation uh, uh, shared three stories how Apple Watch could help uh, free people, you know, on their lives. Uh, because, you know, when I see some uh, mediocre marketing uh, advertisement, I can see a lot of features. But I don't care about these features. Uh, I want to uh, uh, get the story. That's why I bought this Apple Watch. Uh, by the way, I bought this Apple Watch to my wife, to my son, because I can't buy one version, you know. They, <laughs> they probably will kill me, you know, if I ignore them. But, yeah. Uh, it works uh, by sharing story. Can you tell how to craft your story uh, possible from your experience? First, you have to understand. You have to understand two things. You have to understand yourself. You have to know mm -hmm. and love yourself. And mm -hmm. my, when interesting things happen in your life, jot them down in a journal so that you'll always have those kind of things to draw from. And know your audience. What are they going to resonate with? So, for example, people who want to become authors, a lot of them like to see their name in print. So I will tell this story about when I was about three or four years old and I was at Mombasa Beach and my father wrote my name in the sand and he said, mm -hmm. Karma, what, what does that say? And I looked at it and I went, Karma! It was the first time I saw my name in print. I fell in love and have been trying to get my name in print ever since. <laughs> Fellow yeah. authors are going to understand that story. So what you're trying to do is find these little moments in your life that apply to your audience. And that's yeah. how you share that story because they'll see themselves in you. And when yeah. they see themselves in you, they can see the possibilities because they're probably looking at you like, oh, you've achieved this thing. You're on a pedestal. But if they can see themselves in you before that pedestal, they can see themselves eventually getting to that pedestal and standing right beside you. Yeah, totally love it. Uh, can you tell uh, about consistency? How to be consistent with writing? And probably if you have some limits uh, to write like a thousand words a day or anything else, uh, how uh, do, do you have some day off without writing? Tell more about that. Oh my goodness. Consistency is probably one of the hardest things to maintain, especially mm -hmm. when you have ADD, which I do, <laughs> and are really, really busy. But there are certain things that you can do and you have to try them all, find out what works for you. Mm -hmm. One common piece of advice is put it on your calendar. I tried that. It doesn't work for me. It does work for other people because I'll like look at it on my calendar and go, ah, I just won't do it then. <laughs> so that has not helped. I have a, what has worked for me is there's a, a to-do list software that I use called Amazing Marvin. And I'm able to go in there and you're able to check off what you want. You can plan your day by how many hours it'll take so that you know when you're being too ambitious, which is me most of the time. <laughs> and mm -hmm. that helps me be consistent because it's all my to-do list and I can make conscious choices. Okay, what thing today is most important? So sometimes the writing is going to be your most important thing. 
Mm-hmm. But then other times, maybe taking your kid to the hospital will be more important. Mm-hmm. I mean, every day is going to be different. And don't beat yourself up if you can't do your writing every day. Put it there. Try to get there. Try to put in 15 minutes. Just 15 minutes. Do it If you have a day job, do it, do it during one of your breaks. Mm-hmm. You could wake up early in the morning. Some people like that. Some people don't. You could do it at the end of the day. All you need is 15 minutes a day to write something. Some people like to have a word count that they're going for. Some people find that too daunting. I I find for me that having the time is better because then I write whatever I write. Sometimes I can write a thousand words in 15 minutes because I'm like in the flow. Sometimes it's struggle to get out a hundred. So if you're working toward a word count, then you're more likely to beat yourself up and beating yourself does not serve you. Yeah. So, so find, the, find the system that works for you and your personality. And there are, there's so much advice out there on how to be consistent. I'm not going to like go all over. I just share with you what works for me and what I've heard can work for others. Yeah. So valuable. Yeah. And uh, I know about that when you can't write a few sentences for an hour and, or you can write like, I don't know, a big draft just for a few minutes because you know you have this admiration you wanna uh, you have uh, i don't know it's just wanna share some skills knowledge i don't know yeah yeah right. i know about that uh, can you tell uh, for example let's imagine you started today from scratch without any experience knowledge skills what would you do to uh, become a writer find a mentor and mm-hmm. that's that can be either what I call virtual mentors, where it's just somebody you, you admire from afar and you read everything they have and you attend every free webinar, but find, and you want to try and stick to one, two at the most, because if you have too many mentors going on, then you're gonna get confused because they're gonna start contradicting themselves. Find a mentor, stick with them for at least a year, unless like it gets really, unpleasant then then walk <laughs> away i mean don't don't be your, don't don't follow a mentor that makes you unhappy find a mentor that makes you happy then follow them for a year just do what everything they say and mm-hmm. at the end of that year evaluate how did that did that mentor take me further down the road and at that point you can decide do i want to spend another year with them or do I want to move on to a different mentor? Because different mentors will, will teach you at different places in your journey as an author. Mm-hmm. And you want to find the mentor that's going to help you where you are. Not too far ahead, not, not what you've already done. But it's really being more consistent with the voices you're listening to. I think mm-hmm. is really, key, especially in the beginning, because it's when you don't know what you're doing, if you have too many voices, you're going to like end up with your head spinning around because you know this person saying do this and then this other person saying do the opposite which is right well they're both right depending on who you are what your situation is and where you are in your journey mm-hmm. but they're not both right for you right now in the moment choose one yeah yeah valuable yeah agree with that uh can you tell about the future of writing? Because um, uh, the reason why I'm asking about that, we have AI tools that can generate uh, text just uh, to click one button and you can get uh, written text by uh, machines. Yep. Uh, of course, of course, today it's not 
quality. Uh, if I check out many times, uh, I reviewed the stalls, and uh, the quality is like mediocre. It's the writing probably, probably AI tools can beat uh, mediocre writers without experience, uh, beginners who uh, just started their way, but they can't beat uh, uh, experience writers right. who, who have exactly. the skills. But what about future? These tools uh, are going, growing, evolving. What do you think? Uh, writing is in dangerous or not? Uh, what do you think about that? <laughs> Isaac Asimov wrote a short story about this topic. He got a, it was, I believe in the 80s. And in the short story, he he's writing the story as if he's the main character. So the Isaac Asimov character buys a computer and he starts writing his next book. and then. He starts interacting with the computer and at, by the end of the short story, the computer has completely taken over his writing. He can just go to the beach. He wrote this as a cautionary tale. And I mean, I've probably been reading the same articles you have about how it, there's a new scientist out there who's actually got an AI who can write fiction. Mm -hmm. Now, I actually do use AI software. Mm -hmm. um, there's a, a company called Jasper. It used to be Jarvis. Mm -hmm. Now it's yeah. Jasper. I use it when like, oh, I'm stuck. I can't remember. It's like, I want to do something. I will use it as an idea generator, a Kickstarter, but it is mm -hmm. never what writes my copy. Mm -hmm. Because, well, for one, sometimes it just says stuff that you're like, that's not even, that doesn't even make sense. Or it's not the direction I'm going or whatever, but it will spark an idea. So I think I, I think AI can be a very good partner to a writer. Mm-hmm. We're not anywhere near to it replacing writer. Now, the future of writing, you know, there's the science fiction lover in me that goes, wouldn't it be cool if there was AI out there where that where you couldn't even tell they were AI? They were you just thought they were another person. And then there's the me that watched Terminator and thinks, no, that wouldn't be cool. <laughs> so <laughs> I I'm on the fence on that one. I mean, it's I like it the way it is now where I can mm -hmm. use it as a partner. Mm -hmm. it's, it yeah. it help, helps me write faster because I yeah. don't spend as much time being stuck because writer's block is real. No matter what anyone tells you, it is real. And it happens to pretty much anyone, everyone. It's just some people let it get to them and stop them for years. And other people go, okay, I'm stuck here. I'm gonna go right over here. And then they're unstuck and they circle back. It's, it's how you approach writer's block, whether it stops you or not. Yeah. And AI is a really useful tool for helping you get unstuck, especially yeah. when you're on deadline. Yeah, exactly. Um, I am on the same boat. Yeah, I, I love using them just because it helps to uh, increase speed of my writing. Uh, exactly. I, I, yeah, I can't use them like uh, the final draft. Yeah, I no. need to edit, <laughs> but it helps to find ideas. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I have the final question. Uh, can you tell uh, what writers need to do today? I mean, like one thing that all writers need to do every single day or even not every single day, but need to do weekly and what they don't need to do uh, or possible to avoid. Okay. With what goal in mind are you thinking? Because there's different things for different goals. Mm. I don't know, like, uh, let's imagine grow business. Uh, okay, grow yeah. your business. Mm -hmm. All right. So 
clarity is the most, you need to be able to get to a point of clarity for everything that you write. Who are you writing for? And what will they get out of it? Because once you know who you're writing for and what benefit they will get and how it will help them in their own mission for read, because every reader has a, what I call a market mission when they pick up something to read. They have like, I want to achieve something. And that's why I'm going to read this. It may be, I want to achieve relaxation, so I will pick up a novel or a short story. Or it may, I want to achieve getting better at my email, so I'm going to read this article about emailing. Understand what, what their mission is, what benefit your article can give them, and who they are. Once you know those three things, the writing almost becomes easy because you know exactly what to put into that piece of writing and how to do it because you know who you're talking to. So are you writing for a technical audience? You're going to write one way. If you're writing for moms, you're going to write a different way. If you're writing for yeah. parents, you're going to write a different way. It's like whoever that audience is, write for that person, that kind of person. Give them the benefit you've promised to give them and make sure that that promise helps them with their greater mission of picking up your piece of writing in the first place. And that goes with any kind of writing, whether it's a blog post, a social media post, or a full book. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You need those three pieces of information and you need it for every single thing you do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I think, you know, uh, PhD with the best skills degree uh, can't write the text for kids who play online games if they don't play online games, you know, because right. uh, they have different languages, you know, it, it's not about Grammarly or uh, knowing how to write. You need to speak to with your audience to understand exactly. them. So, yeah, <laughs> love it. Karma, it's a big pleasure to get my show, to learn from you. You share a lot of valuable insights. It's, it's one of my of the best episodes, you know, because I see it's a different way of marketing, you know, of writing. And we know that writing is foundation of any uh content creation tell our audience how they can reach out to you learn more about you follow you perfect just go to authoring.com and if you click on there's a tab on that says author diagnostics it'll tell you about the author diagnostics two of them are free right now i invite you if you've got a book idea do the book idea diagnostic session it is amazing i've been getting amazing feedback people are loving it I highly recommend that. If you're a little bit further along and want to know how to build your business, then that's the author's code analysis session. So check out one of those and you'll be amazed what you'll learn about what you're doing right mm -hmm. and how to make what you're doing now better. Nice, nice. Okay, guys, you can find this link in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. A big pleasure. Welcome back anytime because uh, I've learned myself a lot of new skills. I think everyone can get something new because uh, for me, it's my passion to learn from experts like you. Okay, guys, thanks for listening and watching us.